welcome to the Warhammer 40k book club. This is episode number 21, in which we're discussing Rites of Passage by Mike Brooks. I'm Jen Bozier. And I'm Carrie Honey. And this is Warhammer 40k book club, where we read from a crag. Every episode, we discuss a book we've selected from the Warhammer 40k catalog on Black Library. We post the book on our website, wh40kbookclub.com, along with questions to ponder during reading. Listeners are able to listen to our discussion or participate through Twitter, the site, or Encrypted Vox channel. Spoiler warning. If you haven't yet read the book, go check out the post in the book and then come back to this podcast as we'll be discussing this book from great detail from start to finish. As mentioned, this episode we're reading Rites of Passage by Mike Brooks. It is the story of Lady Chetamandi, a navigator who returns home after the death of her husband and finds herself thrown in a surprise chaos conspiracy as happens in the imperium we asked ourselves several questions so let's dive right in first off did you like the book no i liked it i didn't love it and i think one of the things i think i said to you was that i liked the parts of it like there's a lot of i love the characters and i love a lot of the dialogue and some of the nice touches but the plot left me okay the dialogue that's a valid point like the dialogue i did enjoy i did not like the characters they were just they were very boring to me and as i um told uh, i told you this but um friend of the show drew he's just started the audiobook and he's like i'm really sorry carrie but i like the book i was like dude i don't care you don't need to apologize to me like what you like and he was like so what do you not like about it i was like well you know i think what it all comes down to is that political games that bored rich people play bore me right so i can it's early to say this in 2020 um, obviously, since we're in January, but I have a feeling that a scene from this book is going to be one of my favorite scenes of the year or will at least get honorable mention. And to your point, uh, it's the scene at which Inquisitor Nagiri, nay, uh, Rogue Trader Vass, reveals that she had implanted Lady Chetamandi's aid to shell that it was just a plant the whole time that she'd orchestrated this whole thing and just the way she says it she's like would i have done it this way yeah i loved it and it just it warmed my cold black heart because this whole book all of the political games that these rich people play and they're scheming and they're backstabbing you guys are fucking amateurs compared to the inquisition so I loved the idea that she's like, oh, bless your heart, you little casual. I liked the idea. Well, Carry this. The whole, exactly. Carry this, you fucking casual. Um, that you think you're playing games? You. <laughs> oh, child. Well, it's basically what she says, right? She's like, you can't even comprehend the level at which I operate at. I think we've done all the memes. <laughs> But I so to your point, yeah, like I find it very distasteful. And you and I are both big Dragon Age fans, and neither of us like the Orlesians because of the game. And I think neither of us like Leliana as a character 
because she's the master of the game. She's yeah, a bard. A I mean, big... that's what they did. I mean, that's just... They're, the bards were instruments of the game. <laughs> There's no other way to, to get around it. You could actually argue Deshell is as well. And um, so... You could argue that, that any of the Inquisition, were they were bards. Pretty much. Pretty much. So... Were there any parts that stood out to you, though, that you really liked, that you gravitated toward? Yeah, like I said, there's some, there was some um, dialogue that really spoke to me. Like, so early on, I think it was at um, Azariel's wake. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know if you got it, but she did kill her husband. It was never clear okay. in the book. You guys, I saw a friend that I haven't seen in a long time, and she and I used to read a lot of romance novels together. And romance novels are particularly egregious at finding a phrase that they like and repeating it to death. And so I was telling her that I was like, oh, I found another railroaded into marriage line. Um, if they mentioned one more time that she had orchestrated her husband's death, Like, like really, sixty pages in. Well, I mean, it was, a, it was about. It was probably about what page seventy or something. That was like the tenth or eleventh time it was mentioned. I was like, I get it, Ayn Rand. I get it. Yeah. You're, I got your point. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, for me it was Joan Johnston. I was like, it's okay, Joan Johnston. I've got it. <laughs> so look her up, kids. But it <laughs> right. Um, was that the. Um, the wake and it's when she's kind of analyzing all the families that are there and she's and i bet it's the same line and she mentioned you know just like oh well they you know this family would have been there but they came down with a terminal case of the ordo hereticus so i'm like that's amazing i laughed out loud and i highlighted that as well <laughs> i laughed so hard at that because for one thing i mean the navigators just by nature of their existence are probably pretty interesting to the inquisition right well right also, and so know, i mean we've seen it in so many books or like oh like knights of mccrag for example where a navigator kind of goes nuts i mean they're very susceptible to that right oh absolutely um i just there's a really great story by rachel harrison called the way out that deals with a navigator. Um, I just loved, like, I was laughing at that because, like, well, that would do it. But then I was also saying, is there not a terminal case of the Order of Hereticus? <laughs> okay, fair point. Um, but yes, I did. I did. <laughs> I liked that a lot too. I did, like, uh, in that same scene, I think it's on page um, page 50. When they say that, as a result, many marriages were little more than long-term, mutually arranged hostage situations. Yes. I, like I that thought that too. was great. And then on 51, when she's talking about her brother-in-law, Vitario, and she says that he wasn't stupid, but he did sometimes need prompting to start thinking. I thought that was lovely. My other, All these little things. other favorite banter was later in the book, page 214. And it's, I think it was after um, Nagiri does her big old speech about she knows all these ways to, you know, do whatever to all these Xenos. And um, 
and Chetta is about to, you know, do her magic. And she's like, Quint, you know, by the way, like, in your experience, what is the best way to kill an orc? And, she, and, Vas, and Nagiri's like, my experience? With a last cannon. And <laughs> so I'm like, well, okay, fair. And Nichetta's like, hmm, expecting something more, cre- expecting something a little bit more creative. And she's like, oh, yeah? Well, in your experience, what's the best way to s- save yourself from the warp? Well, in my experience, be in a Geller field. Like, you know, just <laughs> this, not very creative, yep. but these are facts. <laughs> to be fair, yeah, no, those, I loved that whole thing when she's like, I know all the intricacies of the Tau Empire. I can identify alien ruins at a thousand paces. I don't know shit about this. <laughs> like, like, I liked when she's based, it's like, this is not my arena. Like, right. I can't get the Malleus here. <laughs> You know? Right. Like, I'm not even supposed to be here. Like... Oh, gosh. And we're back. Apparently this is what happens when you poo-poo the politics of navigators. <laughs> Just a little machine spirit. Anyways, we've lit the incense. We've applied the oils. Yes, I do have the oils burning right now. <laughs> we've crossed the fingers. Excellent. Good. Um, <laughs> oh, it's cursed. Anyways, um, so... I really just, I really liked Nigiri in general. I liked that she wasn't this Mary Sue character. And I, I use Mary Sue gender neutral, by the way, because I just like the phrase. It sounds better than the male equivalent. Anyways, I, she wasn't this character who, when the demons show up and everything, she's like, oh yes, I know how to deal with this too. No, she's like, I'm all Xenos all the time, guys. I mean, so I thought that was a nice touch and that really stood out to me. I was like, oh, that's cool. Well, that's one thing we talked about, um, you know, before this podcast, like with these characters is that none of them are these, you know, superhero everyman characters right. who can do it all. You know, they all mm-hmm. have they all have their flaws. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and for example, uh, Chetta's paranoia got so high, she like freaked out over this servitor just kind of coming into the archive room. Right. And then it just turned out to be a servitor. Right. That so that was a scene that stood out with me and it was one of the themes in the book that actually stood out with me i laughed twice about it so when she meets this young adept and she's like okay look you're in trouble you have to come with me and he's like but what about my husband and she's like oh he can come too i started laughing because i was like i can't imagine if i came home and just told my husband so i pulled the wrong records for somebody and now we're in danger but it's totally cool because this rich lady's gonna let us go live with her i think he'd blow a gasket but then i was like maybe in warhammer 40k like he goes home and tells his husband this and his husband's like oh i always figured this would happen like maybe that's just part of warhammer 40k life or he might have been like oh thank god we get out of this hab (laughs) that could have been that too right but at the end too when she's like do you just do you want to be my aide now she's asking him but the whole situation was very cake or death 
So right, because I don't know like, what other choice he would really have. Can he go back to work? Right. No, of course not. Because he hasn't shown um, up. I mean, well, not only that, I Nikiri doesn't strike me as the type of woman who would be like, "Oh, but he's fine." She strikes me as a tying up loose ends type of person. Mm. So just the idea that these two people, this man and his husband, were ultimately just kind of like little pawns that these rich people could just move around and play with. Like, right. oh, well, your old life was boring anyways. Come be part of my life now. And oh, okay. What's that? Again, cake or death. It but, that really you know, stood out to me. I guess I'll go with cake every single time. I mean, at least <laughs> I'll now, have the lasagna. At least now, you know, um, they don't have to worry about where the food's coming from. Don't get me wrong, like getting swept up into this fabulously wealthy, essentially nobility. There's worse things. Like you could have gotten swept under the other way. Hmm. But yeah, that part, I was reading it just like, what is going on? Like, is this normal? So that part really stood out to me. I liked it, but I was also like, oh my God. But at the same lady. time, does he have like, Yes, he's got a big fancy roof over his head. His, you know, his husband is secure. They have food. They have nice clothes now. But right. remember what happened, like, before the end of the book where uh, uh, Ben, uh, like, Ben Sen Uru whatever his name was, he just decided that to take, oh, the, yeah, yeah. take the trade war to the next level and crank it up to level 11 and just start bombing things. I mean, mm -hmm. there was that too. Because again, political games that bored rich people play. So along that lines, we've seen wealthy 40Kites before. Um, we've seen them in pretty much all of the Inquisitor-based novels we've read. We saw them in Throne of Terra. <laughs> of Terra, Watchers of the Throne. Um, we've Carrion seen this before. Throne, throne, Carrion Throne. Yeah, throne. Uh, <laughs> just see Throne of Terra, just the Throne of Terra. Um, how do the politics? Like, how did these? How did the politics in this book compare? Do you understand it? What kind of stood out to you? Oh yeah, I totally understand it. Um, like I told, I told you on the phone that you know, because I. Uh, this isn't my first Fourier into um, extended universe for things, um, by far from that. But I did read all of the Dragon Age novels. And one of them is called Mast Empire. And it takes place directly before Dragon Age Inquisition. So if right. you guys ever played that game and you wanted to know who Michelle was, the blonde Orlesian that helps you, who the ex-Chevalier. You want to know what happened to him? Well, here you go. If you want to know what happened really between Gaspard and Celine and Briala, it's all right here. And this was the epitome of, epitome of political games bored rich people play. Because that's just the whole thing of, of Orlais. And unfortunately, the elves and other, I guess, common folk get kind of caught up in it and they're just expendable in the long run they, right they're they're used they're played with they're tossed away when they are done and <laughs> this was almost identical to that book i mean in terms of the political game it was identical 
to the book. So, yeah, I was able I'd to... Ag I'd agree with that. And, you know, I think the part that I find most distasteful about it is that the Inquisition plays a lot of politics and bullshit. And I... Look, I really liked the carrot, this Inquisitor, but she's not a good person. But at least they can kind of hide behind that veneer of, oh, well, we're doing this for the best, the better of the Imperium. We're fighting Xenos, we're fighting heretics, we're fighting demons. Like we have the greater good, but not that greater good in mind. Mm -hmm. These people are just fucking bored. There's no, there's no like, beneficial end game other than for their very own amusement which and trying to grasp for that power mm -hmm. then if they don't play the game well they'll they'll lose they'll lose yeah. again i mean shit look at azariel right I and mean, he didn't and play the game well in his own house well I just knock that off oops i give up i get the impression that that's like not even that uncommon either right and so at the very end of the book um when ben suru i'm not even trying to say the name the other dude who created up the trade war when they're talking to the planetary governor and lady chetta looks at him and she's like it's okay i've decided to forgive you it's on one hand it's this masterful political move right because he's like oh shit, now I have to agree with it and now I'm at your mercy, right? It was this very good political move and I think I was supposed to be like, yeah! But it was just kind of like, oh, you guys are awful. Well, <laughs> like, I, and you know, even when it comes out why she killed her husband, I'm like, sweetheart, I don't agree with you at all. Right, well, she just didn't like the direction that he was. So the one thing I liked about that I liked and didn't like it because remember she says, look, the Imperial Tarot multiple times, it has said that misfortune is coming to your family and she wasn't wrong. No, right? but, it because... was, but it was started because she broke the betrothal. Well, no, 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 no. This, the chaos guy, the guy, the, um, Niklau, he kills the son. I, right. I, I get that. But if there wasn't that artist strife right there, Mm -hmm. who's to say that he wouldn't have been attacked because there would have been some agreement of merging of the houses oh i think his son would have been attacked but i don't think i think you're probably right he wouldn't have been like you bitch you did this so there is a little bit of that um inescapable fate like trying to avoid your fate you end up causing it um for sure so that, i liked, as i said i liked and didn't like it and Again, um, even if she kept the betrothal and they announced the engagement, they weren't going to get married right away. Let's say he does get killed no matter what. What has she lost? Nothing. But she doesn't know that. Well, that's why you don't get prophecies. To be fair, um, but again, that was all just political maneuvering and all of this stuff. And... I, I can understand how some people find that really delightful. And I found the Inquisitor maneuvering and playing around. I found that all delightful. But the, just the, look, we're just bored and mess with each other. Hmm, it's not my style. Having said that, so you, Chetta's a very unique protagonist amongst the ones that we've read, right? 
and I think you kind of already alluded to this, but did you like her at all? No. Because I don't, I just, there's parts of her I did like. Like I said, I like that mm-hmm. she's not, you know, this perfect and can and can do no wrong. I like that right. she's not as smart as she thinks she is. I like that she makes mistakes. Um, you know, that kind of character. But I think she's a terrible person. I would agree with all of that. I liked that, again, with the scene with the servitor, <laughs> with Dechelle. I love that she got outwitted by this and she had no idea. Um, I like that she had a strength to her. She's a very strong character. Having said that, I would have liked it if she <laughs> used her powers for good, maybe and less evil. Not evil. She's not evil. No, Just, less selfish. Scheming. Yeah. And I think I kind of, on one hand, I understand it. The navigators are mutants. That's they're sanctioned mutants or mutants. We've decided we like, um, and because of what they deal with, because they look into the warp, because of all these awful things, not only are they separate from humanity because they are a whole other breed of animals Mm -hmm. instead of homo sapien, they're homo navig something. Anyways, they so i get that they're separate from that and then all of their experiences right i get all that so why the actual hell would you guys not band together i mean you have this like this society and everything but you would think that they would spend less time trying to stab each other in the back trying to support friends right trying to support one another because nobody else in the imperium likes you literally nobody like and they talk about that again we've seen this before we've seen it with uh knights mccrag the way out by rachel harrison um that first eisenhorn book Hmm. we see this a lot where people the navigators are kind of they're that necessary evil like we keep you around because we need you but we won't talk to you no because everyone talks about how being around them and it's not because of how they look or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, I will say it was really nice reading about rich people that aren't fat. Yes. <laughs> I did. But, I did like, in fact, they, they are the opposite. They talk about how they're all very tall and thin and, and gangly. Right. Which I think is kind of part of like the trade-off with the warp. You don't get right. to put on pounds and you're constantly looking into the warp. But to be fair. Right. But, um, Shit. I hate when I do that to myself. I've just forgotten because I went off on the tangent instead. Well, how they're very, they're different rich people than we've seen previously. Having said that, just, oh man. Oh, 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 I remember. So it's not about, people don't like them. It's not because of the way that they look or because they have the third eye. That has nothing to do with it. It's because it's, at the same time, it is because of the third eye, because that constant touch with the warp, they make people naturally feel uncomfortable. Yes. Kind of like the same way that the pariahs do with people. Oh, absolutely. People don't understand They're it. They're the opposite they just... side of the same coin. Right. People don't understand it, but they don't like being with them. It has nothing to do with how right. they look. They just don't like it. Right. And again, though, like you look at the Silent Sisters, they're a sisterhood. It's in the fucking title, right? <laughs> they're sisters, and they talk about how because and because they're silent and they only talk with their hands, 
that they naturally have this bond because these are the only people that I can talk to and they kind of protect each other. And you saw that a lot in the Horus Heresy era, right? When they were still like a big part of the Imperium. And I get the impression that their little sects still have that. These guys are the opposite. So apparently if you don't touch the warp, you're super cool to each other. But if you do touch the warp, you're assholes. Okay. it tracks. Well, yeah, you know, that, what, was I, that, what was that one book we read? I think it was in Belsarius Call, that navigator that had like the gold strand from like her nostril, like all the way up to her ears. That was like, or it was like attached to her cheek. It was like all these rubies going across. It's yes. just like this opulence for the sake of opulence. It's ridiculous. Right. Well, and I think, and that's, it's a side. I never thought that I would quite be like this, but when, cause again, because I think it's because I've read like so many John's Ghosts books, bear with me. When you read like all these books about the characters who are they're seeing some shit and they're struggling to survive and their life is constant war and they're living off ration packs and god knows what else corpse starch and these people have dresses that are shimmery with obsidian rubies and diamonds and all of this shit just dripping off of them they just somehow they manage to out ostentatious the kardashians Oh, did you like so, the part where she complains that the throne was made of obsidian? Yes. I was like, okay, hashtag navigator problems. I mean, just... It really was. And I think, I think Mike Brooks was kind of doing that intentionally. Like, I think oh, there yes, is supposed I think he was to be too. a... I think there is supposed to be this distaste for them a little bit, Right. Not because they're navigators, not because they have the third eye, but yeah, because they really are these removed first world problem people. Like these people would all be hashtagging on Instagram all day. And yet at the same time, it's like, well, no one understands us, you know, because the people, they just don't understand the two eyed people. I love that. The two eyed people don't understand us. They're afraid of us and they call us freaks and mutants. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. So that gives you permission to just kind of bully everybody else. That's how, that's how it right. works. You know, the bullies, people who are bullied become the bullies to others. I mean, it just kind of makes me not really like you anymore because especially with every all this shit you guys have seen and everything and i'm not a, i'm not a big person that's like the haves should you know they should they they must they have to help the have nots but when you have these degrees <laughs> of you know economic levels it's just like there's no reason for you guys to have all of these um trade manifests so you can have like an obsidian throne like and you you have you hire all these people can't you like like what are you paying them enough for them to live in like some crappy ass hab mm -hmm. yeah pretty much there's so it goes back to that argument about you know the the billionaire owner of the company who you know cuts like a fourth of the workforce, but yet somehow gives himself a $2 million bonus. Mm -hmm. But I said, it's like, well, he has every right to do that. It doesn't mean he's not a scumbag. Right. Right. Totally. No, I, uh, I liked that she was unique. She's very different. We have not seen really anybody like her. And I don't just mean because she's a navigator. She is a mother. 
she's older for mm-hmm. one thing and there's a really great theory about uh i don't know if you remember from our childhood a cartoon called the secret of nem there's a really great film analysis of the secret of nem because the hero is a mother and she's a mother who's not necessarily that who would not paint herself as being heroic right and there is a different layer that gets added to this when you have children that you're now thinking about right it's one thing to be 25 and carefree and running into danger and another thing when you've got kids to think about um so she's that she is politically savvy um she is nobility and there's all these there's all these neat layers about her so i liked her conceptually but i don't want to be in the same room as this woman ever like there are some of our characters where i'm like oh you're so cool her i was kind of like okay you can you can lead my ship through the warp, but I ain't talking with you. We're not going to be buddies. <laughs> We're not going to be having tea this evening at the country club. <laughs> so on the other hand, so balancing Lady Cheddar, you have Lady Vass, a.k.a. Inquisitor Nagiri, who is this formidable character from the get-go. First off, were you super surprised to discover that she was an Inquisitor? No. No. It wasn't easy. So... I don't know if it's because I've read... The first time when they were trying to spy on her and they said she somehow had the fans in front of her face. And I was like, she's an Inquisitor. Mark my words. It's the same thing with with, with Dechelle. Like, as soon as Luke said, um, it's like, you could be part of the Inquisition. She's like, don't you tell the lady that? I'm like, oh, please. So none of that was a big shock. It was just like, oh, no, the Inquisition is here. Right. I uh, I don't know if it's because I've read the Caiaphas Kane series and they're running gags with rogue inquisitors or because we've seen this particular trick before. I actually asked my husband because he had read the book first. I was like, are there actually any real rogue traders? Because I think this is the third or fourth book where I've seen the rogue trader who really an inquisitor. Like, so I, as soon as she introduced herself as a rogue trader, I was like, no, you're an inquisitor. Also, why why would any rogue trader who's clearly as successful as you are why would you want a fledgling navigator house that's been disgraced and how did this guy get you like all of that none of it tracked right i was like oh yeah you're you're an inquisitor Mm -hmm. um so i wasn't surprised by her reveal how did you feel about her overall plan like the whole reason that she was there and everything she was doing yeah I mean, she was yeah. kind of there because um, because her husband kind of liked the Eldars a little much and kind mm-hmm. of had all these artifacts. That's really why she was there, was investigating all yeah. of the uh, alien artifacts that the navigators were, were, were bringing in. Um, yeah. She didn't care that she killed her husband. That was not part of it. It was just, what do you have down there in the basement? I actually loved that scene when she's like, yeah, that's not my problem. I did. I did like the scene when she's like, I want to know if it was the Eldar artifacts that made you do that. And Chetta sits there and she's like, was it? And she like starts going through her head right. and she's like, no, no, I killed him. <laughs> like, to be clear, I, I had to know it was nothing to do with the Eldar artifacts. I did like that. Um, I thought that was very well played, but I liked that that she's killed her husband there's some 
cultist guy doing some crazy shit, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Yeah. On this side, <laughs> she's just hunting artifacts. Like, just, she's just here to talk about them. It's a total, like, wrong place, wrong time situation. It's exactly what it is. And so I wasn't surprised she was an Inquisitor, but I was surprised that she's like, I'm Ordo Xenos and I want to know about those artifacts. Really? <laughs> if I were Chetta, I'd be like, oh, is that all? Right. <laughs> Take them, I don't care. I was going to get rid of them anyways. <laughs> like, that... That part kind of surprised me. Um, I did like, I loved the whole thing with Dechelle. Again, I think that's going to probably be one of my favorite scenes. I think I sent you, uh, it's the gif from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, that is despicable. I love it. <laughs> that was just, because again, I liked, it was that parry this you casual. Mm -hmm. You have no idea. I loved that. I thought that was great. Um, I just really liked her character from start to finish but I wasn't surprised by her. To be fair, um, nothing surprised me in this book. So, along those lines, how, did you like Nicklau as an antagonist? I've seen him before. So many times. I mean, no, the ones I saw before were not harvesting warp eyes to try to summon a demon to bring a planet into the warp. I mean, that is pretty insidious. <laughs> to be fair. Right. Um, it's just a different flavor. Yeah, right? it's just, yeah, but we've seen the guy, you know, infiltrating a wannabe cult and making him think that he's going to do all these things for them, but he's really using them for, for his own ends. And it made me honestly wonder why he took this contract to begin with to be a killer. Right. Because actually, when I finished the book, I went back and reread that part because I was like, what was the point of all that? And I guess the only point of it was, was just to show that, you know, uh, Morandia's new family, you know, they're all part of this political game as, as well. And they just happened to get, they happened to hire the wrong assassin for, for the job. Right. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a sec. Because there's a lot to unpack there. But for him, there were a bunch of questions I had about him. So one was, yeah, what was your end game here, per se, other than just being a chaos worshiper? And maybe maybe that's all you need. I think like, that's all he wanted. Because that's, right. that's what he kept saying. He was just here to make the gods happy. And as he's doing this ritual again, he's like, I don't know if I'm going to survive it this time. But maybe I'll have enough left in me to do it one more time. Right. But I... <laughs> I actually kind of felt a little bit bad for his little fledgling cult that he picked up because it reminded me again of the South Park with Jesus versus Satan. <laughs> what a mean thing to do. That guy is a jerk. Like the cult seems a little surprised by his betrayal. And I'm like, really? It's fucking chaos. <laughs> I, that kind of made me read feel a little a bit. Read a book, Lana. I mean, just to <laughs> read anything. <laughs> About chaos, um, there's nothing in there but betrayal. That's kind of what they do. Yeah, and I guess my big complaint about him, he was not a compelling antagonist because he was just doing this. Like, I, I got the impression that this was just a Saturday for him. Like, there wasn't any... Sucking that planet into the warp was pretty dastardly and a pretty big deal. 
but I didn't really feel as though there was any real repercussion from that. I, I do love when they show up and she looks at it and she's like, nope, get us out of here immediately. That got sucked in intentionally. We won't know a part of this. Like, I did like that, but it, it didn't feel like there were a lot of repercussions. Like everybody knew about it, but, and maybe again, maybe that's just how 40K is. And they're just like, oh, planet got destroyed? Mm, Tuesday. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Find, I did find it funny that all those ships were around where that planet was supposed to be. It's almost kind of like there are bees going through glass going this time, this time, this time. Like, where right. is it? It was like right here. <laughs> right. Well, exactly. I mean, it was like right here, like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> I, that is so bizarre to me. It, but again, it was a bizarre thing. And I was like, oh, that, that is different. But I didn't really get the impression that it was anything special. And now maybe it's because, maybe it's because we've been spoiled. And we've been reading all of these books lately that have like major, major implications that this was just, you know, another day in the life of evil. Yeah. I mean, because he said that he was, he was trying to attack planets closer. He's basically moving in closer to Terra as he was going. Mm -hmm. I guess he was trying to make like this nice little straight path to Terra. Although, you know, Abaddon kind of already made one. But regardless, he's just doing You can his... have more than one. He's just doing his part. Exactly. <laughs> he's doing his part for the Chaos Cause. Um, Which yeah. again... To your point you made over Slack chat today, you said that the Chaos Gods must have some amazing PR. Oh, I God. Seriously. I can't imagine being like, oh, this ritual is going to kill me, but that's cool. Because all in the name of Chaos. Warhammer 40k has taught me that I am vain AF. <laughs> and I don't want to die. That too. But, like... <laughs> I look at like, uh, cause I think we were talking about Zinch and we were making jokes about that. And like, you have unlimited cosmic power, but like eight tentacles, four mouths, teeth going down your spine. And you don't, you're not even a quadruped anymore or like a quadruped or a biped. You're, we don't know what you are anymore. You leave a slime trail when you walk. I, that's a no from me, dog. I don't, I don't even think I'm not, I don't even have to explain why I'm, too vain to go to Nurgle. Um, in Slanesh, I don't want to become a flesh chair. Details, Again. details. Hard pass. Like, they must have just amazing PR. Or just maybe a certain type of person. I don't know, but yeah, I had that same thought where he's like, I, I might die this time. Why are you doing this? Right, like, who's <laughs> making you do this? Like, you don't have to. Like, you could stop. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's that concept of just being a believer, right? Well, I might die, but it's for the cost. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, so I guess maybe that also tells that... you how little... I'll never have that mentality. Right, I guess it tells you how little faith I have in anything then. <laughs> then I'm like, no. Hard yeah. to pass. It's almost kind of like, uh, you know, the show The Americans, the, the KGB right. spies, they keep talking about the cause. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's really funny because as seasons go, they can't really define what the cause is anymore. But it's the right. cause, and this is and this is what what they do. And that's kind of what I think about with this with chaos. Right, chaos gonna chaos. It's all for the cause, right? Don't really know what the cause is. I mean, evil. I mean, chaos. 
I don't think, I think chaos is just fine with how the world is because the emperor is not really doing anything. He's not a threat to them anymore. And so you're just like, this could be fun. <laughs> and you know, whatever. People get killed every day. That makes us happy. Pretty much. I mean, yeah, pretty much. So in the end, it's revealed dramatically that it was her brother-in-law, Mirandia's husband, who had hired this man to kill her so that she could take over, Mirandia could take over this family. And first off, let's, 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 let's dissect the ending piece by piece. Um, I don't know how to say this nicely. Did you care? I was curious from the beginning who it was. I knew it wasn't the guy they broke off the be the betrayal, the betrothal with, because mm -hmm. that was too obvious of a character. Right. So, and I knew it wasn't Vitariel because he has no reason to. Right. And the way the sister was acting, I suspected her. That was close. Although she said that she knew nothing about it. I don't know about that. I, okay, so that, okay. So I don't, when they revealed it, I was kind of like, oh, right, that was the thing. Like, I kind of forgot that it was this big mystery as to who had hired him. And I don't think it really had the impact that I, it was supposed to on me. I didn't really care. And <laughs> maybe it's just because the Inquisition has made me paranoid. Um, uh, I just don't believe that she didn't know especially because right. remember when the judge says he's like um he says that oh she claims she didn't know but she did seem to know about him attaching an auto cannon which is highly illegal to the bottom of their ship like i which... i would have to imagine as aggressive as she was with chetta she didn't know because that seems i would imagine her to be much more subtle politically if they were I don't think if she so. wasn't on that. No, you don't I, think so. No, because um, you know, Chetta talked to you know Vitariel, He was hot headed, right? And that Mirandia was just a bitch, and it just kind of fit with with the family. Just you know, just being loud and just saying what they think, That's think true. at all times. Mm -hmm. That's true. I so yeah, that didn't really surprise me. I have to agree with you there. Then disrupting the ritual. You have this big scene. Everything's going plane shaped. They need her to use her warp eye to go through it. She's having to align with this rogue psyker, Evelyn Dark. Who is the be. best character in the whole book. Oh my gosh. More on that in a second. Um, so she aligns with her. They, they end this ritual and it was a really nice scene. I thought it was really good and cool. You got it done. And then it was like, okay. It just kind of ended. Like, okay, we've destroyed the ritual. Let's go have some tea. I don't know. I, it didn't have the, the relief of the gut. Again, that gut punch of that. Oh, thank God, they stopped it. Right? Like, it, I was just kind of like, oh, okay. Again, felt like again, like Wednesday. Well, and a part of me knew that they were going to stop it because. Right, because there's going to be a sequel. Well. Well, there is that. When I saw on Goodreads, it's called the Lady Chittamandy number one. I was like, well, that's not subtle. 
But right. also, it's it, like you're talking about the planet with the most navigator houses. I mean, that would disrupt things on a much bigger scale than this book. Oh, yeah. Than this book would seem to seem to add. Like, it might have been something right. that we would have read in um, books that came after this one. They might right. have mentioned and navigators are now a rare breed. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, I'm excited for a sequel because I want to read about Evelyn Dark. I, from the get-go, I liked her character. Uh, she was this kind of wounded bird that you got the impression she was not a true chaos believer. She's just been, she doesn't want to go to the black ships. I don't blame her. Mm -hmm. um, she doesn't want to be a sanction psyker. Don't blame her Ooh. there either. Uh, no. <laughs> so your only option is really to go to the chaos side, but then she kind of, I, my heart breaks when she basically discovers that, look, the Imperials want to shackle me or just completely destroy me on a black ship and chaos just wants to abuse me and use me and burn me up. Like they're really, and it made me very sad for her because there really is no place for people like her. Right. And she's what, like, what I actually, would be a loyal servant. Right. What broke my heart is, um, she's helping, uh, Nicklaus set up this ritual and he's talking about how we're all going to be enlightened. And she, and she said, I don't want to be enlightened. I want to be accepted. Right. Yeah. That made me very sad too. Um, but in the end, <laughs> You now have this powerful psyker who lost part of her soul, which I'm not exactly sure what the ramifications of that are going to be, but she's now a powerful psyker. She's about to go hunting and killing some chaos cultists. I am yeah, a all great on board. Is coming. So, well, I get to the end of the book with Chetamandi's story and I was like, oh, okay. And I get to the end, that epilogue yeah. with Evelyn, and I was just like, oh, yes, Queen! I want a sequel for you immediately. Well, I yes. Don't, I don't really care. I would read a sequel if it was about Evelyn Dark. I don't care about Chetta. And what Evelyn happens next? Half-Soul. What? Evelyn Half-Soul. Right, okay, right. Which, Evelyn Half-Soul. On one hand, on one hand, I was like, that's so melodramatic. I have well, she is a witch. Right. I totally imagined her in the goth makeup and hair. Yeah. No, she looks like, um, what's her name from the craft? Baruza Bulk. Totally looks like her. In my head now. Um, no, I, I love her. I totally want a sequel for her. Actually, you know, the funny thing is, is that we're definitely read a sequel about her in a heartbeat would love to see inquisitor nagiri again and even to shell yeah. um once she once she kind of comes out at first i was kind of meh on her as well but there's that scene where she reveals that she's a tell that she has psychic abilities and um Chetta is like boy it would have been nice if you would use those for me and she's like how do you think i was such a good aid dumbass it's like oh you do have some teeth so it's really the people around Chetta that I'm interested in because no navigator politics. 
I said I'm just over the Inquisition <laughs> as a whole. Just fair. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, though, it is no worth noting. This book does not end with a call to Robbie G. No, there will be. There's no voicemails. There's no more voicemail for Robbie G, which he has to be so happy. If he even knows what happened. <laughs> Probably not. And if the dog um, was like, oh, like we lost a planet, but we stopped other planets from disappearing. He'd just be like, right, right whatever. <laughs> Good show. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I think overall I liked it. I compared it to like a candy bar where you're like, oh, well, that was sweet and fun. I'm good now. Um, I, again, I loved so many of the pieces and parts and the dialogue was amazing. His characters were awesome. I just needed a little bit more story-wise. And, and that extends to the antagonist. Like, there needs to be a little bit more on that one. But, yeah. <sighs> there weren't enough pieces. I mean, um, I have more thing, more good things to say about Spear of the Emperor than I do, than I do this. And my problem with Spear of the Emperor was that oh just, snap! Well, I mean, it just took too long to get good. Right. But the thing about Spear of the Emperor was I liked all the characters, like even the bad mm -hmm. ones. I liked all of them. Right. Right. Yeah. Like if you'd ask I, me, I can already tell. If you'd ask me, like which sequel uh, would I read? more it would definitely be spear of the emperor agreed um that's for me too i think the worst criticism i can level at this is that at the end of the year i'm gonna be hard pressed to remember the antagonist's name that might be all you need to know about it but i am excited because our next book is going to be mark of faith oh man bye look, look at your copy rachel harrison see now mine Should is I blind pretty. you with my gold it is pretty mine is pretty it's got you know the shiny in the right spots but no oh, it is not on. i missed there we go now my matches getting the limited edition by like 30 minutes i think i just Dude, by like slow. half an hour yeah i think I, I was too slow by 30 minutes that's okay i like my copy. you guys this limited edition is stunning. The gold paint, like, blind you by the gold. Actually, it's the gold foiling on there. Every time, like, I turn it, it catches the light, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> you know what's really sad is that I bet I could have waited and gone to the Citadel. So I bet you they have copies there Probably. Still. They probably do. Along with their several copies of limited edition Ferris Manus and Jakati Khan. <laughs> Oh, Poor iron hands and white scars. The, the legions, the redheaded stepchildren of legions. <laughs> um, so yes, join us for episode twenty-two, in which we talk about uh, Mark of Faith. I'm yep. excited. More bolter bitches. Nuns with guns. <laughs> that's my new favorite one. So yeah, you want to take us out? I just Carrie? heard that today, and that's that's my new favorite one too. <laughs> So anyway, you have listened to our Warhammer 40k book club episode regarding Rites of Passage by Mike Brooks. Be sure to join us for our next book, Mark of Faith by Rachel Harrison. So hey, two episodes in a row where we're not dealing with space marines. 
But we already That's true. Yeah, it is. But this one I'm For actually us. excited about. <laughs> I'm, okay, I, I'm awful. Anyway, we are, we are an unofficial book club and not affiliated with the Black Library or any of its affiliates. You can find both the vidcast and the podcast on our website, wh40kbookclub.com. If you liked this episode, please like, subscribe, give a review, and all those things to the vidcast on YouTube or the podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Our site also has articles about our adventures in other Warhammer 40k books and short stories outside of the book club books. So please stay a while and read from a crack. Good night, everybody. Good night.